just fine. Amen. God says, I'm the Lord. I change not. Amen. Anybody got a word on your heart this morning before we get started? Amen. If not, turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. Hebrews, chapter number 10 this morning, the Word of God, if you will. Amen. We on, Brother David? Amen. Hebrews, chapter number 10. And don't, don't mind my shirt being wrinkled. I'm sorry about that. My wife did iron it, amen, and, and I kind of mess them up all the time. I, can't, I don't know what it is. So y'all pray for my wife. She has to put up with me. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. When you find your place, if you would please stand out of reverence and out of respect to God's Word. Hebrews chapter number 10. I'm going to read a lot this morning. Brother J.R. and Brother Shane have done hip on a lot of this. That's God. Amen. That's God. Hebrews 10, 1 through 13. The Bible says this For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering that thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Jesus said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hadst any pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified. Hallelujah. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Go into one more verse. For by one offering, He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Let's pray. Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, I come to You this morning. God, I want to thank You for Your mercy, for Your grace. God, I thank You uh, so much, Lord, for what You've done for us on Calvary. And God, I do pray this morning, God, not a burden on my heart. And I pray that You would save that one that may be here this morning closest to hell. Father God, I pray, Lord, that You would do a work in their heart. God, like You've done in mine, my daddy. Father, I pray, Lord, that You'd help us that are saved to rejoice in what You've done. Help that one that's lost yes. get saved. Oh, God, we need You touch. God, we need You power. Yes. God, we need You strength. Oh, please help. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 I think we're standing to be seated. I'll preach this morning on this thought to a sacrifice to a priest to a king. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you some history on this book of Hebrews and we'll look at the context of the Scripture. Now, it's as you and I have come to break open the bread of life together this morning. We come to the book of Hebrews. Now, it's by this book this morning that we know that the men brew the coffee. Amen. Hebrews, right? So next time your wife tries to fix coffee, you tell her, no, Hebrews, I'll do the brewing. Amen. My grandpa told me that years ago, and I'll never, ever forget that. Amen. But the whole Bible this morning, in all seriousness, this whole Word of God will help you and I in our walk with Christ. And there's so much in this book of Hebrews that if we were to spend a lifetime in just this book alone, we'd never, ever uh, get through. We couldn't comprehend it all. At least I couldn't in my finite mind anyhow. But it's as we come to this book this morning that we see that this book builds a case for me and you this morning. And the case that it builds is that Christ is better than anything that has ever been in this world. It is almost like we are sitting in a courtroom, Christ has slammed down the gavel, and He said, here's the case, I'm better than anything in the world. I want to say this this morning, it is Jesus Christ that is better than a drink of alcohol. It is Jesus Christ that is better than any false prophet in the world. It is Christ who is better, and it wouldn't take much, but He's better than the president in the White House. May I say to you this morning that Christ is better. And I hope this morning that you have experienced Him in your life. I'm telling you, if you ain't, then you don't understand what I'm talking about. He's bigger, He's better, and He's greater than anything. Well, I'm at it on to say this. We're going to have revival starting soon. And man can't bring revival. But I'm glad Jesus can. Amen. If we're going to have a stirring and a move of God, it's going to take Christ for you. Well, I'm glad that Christ is greater than me. I'm I'm glad Christ is greater than the weatherman. Amen. Because it's the weatherman who makes an educated guess. Amen. But it's Christ who sends whatever it is that we need. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, I, I think I told you this before, but it's a cloudy day. I didn't used to like cloudy days, but Christ is coming back in a cloud, so I'll take the cloudy day. Hey, I'm telling you, what if He come back this morning? Oh, Christ is above all. And we know that it's Him this morning who has all the power. And I told Brother Shane wrong, I think the word he's looking for was omnipotent, all-powerful. That's our God. All-powerful. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere, but He's also all-powerful. And it may not look like He is in control. But I'm telling you, He's in control. He's in control of it all this morning. And another thing about it as well is He's not up in heaven wringing His hands. No. He ain't worried about this mess. Hey, it's kind of like when the disciples were in a ship. Y'all remember that? They was out there and the water was raging and roaring and Christ was asleep in the ship. And He's just slipping through the storm until they called and when they called, they woke him up and said, Oh, give him a little faith. Yeah. Amen. We know the master of the wind. I'm telling you today, the world is full of sin, but I'm glad I know the master of it all. He's coming back this morning. It's great to be saved. It's, no, it's great to know that God that's above it all. 
Well, it's as we come to the book of Hebrews that you and I see how that it's Christ who's better than anything. And if He's living in you and you're in Him, then you know that He's over the grave. So I'm telling you this morning, if He's in you and you're in Him, He's overcome the grave. So have you, buddy. I'm telling you this morning, it wouldn't hurt us every now and again to crack a smile and know that we are winners through Christ. We win because He wins. Well, anyway, I don't mean to... And we know this morning as we study this out, we're going to see a lot of things that happen in the Old Testament. And it's Christ who is greater than all that. Now listen to me. When I say that, I don't mean we don't need the Old Testament. Don't you get me wrong. Because without the old, there had never been a new. Amen. This problem is not in the way things were done back then. The problem was with us. We could not keep the law. So this Old Testament was a shadow. That's not what the Bible said of the good things to come. And that goes to show you and I just how degraded that we are. Amen. But I'm glad it's Christ who is over our degradedness this morning because it's Him who became the one who could take fallen man and who had, uh, uh, that had fallen into sin and make them perfect on the inside. Amen. I'm not perfect. Despite what some of you may think. I'm not perfect. Amen. <laughs> But listen, it's in this book we see Christ is greater than everything. I'm glad to be able to say it's Jesus that's greater than any storm that we face in life. There's storms, ain't there? There's been storms from people at the church and every single time, no matter the outcome, people have stood up and they said, I want to praise God of the storm. Hey, He's greater than any storm. Christ is big. Amen. Now I'm glad we can come together and worship and praise Him this morning because He's greater than all we can ask or do or say or think. And therefore, He's worthy of all our praise for all that He's done for us. You'll find out again how great He is in the book of Hebrews. That's all I'm going to give you for the history. Look at this context of our Scripture. And I'm going to take my time this morning, so don't be in a hurry. Now, it's as we come to Hebrews chapter number 10 that you and I could say many things about this text. But the Bible said in verse number 1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Now we see from our text this morning, we see that in the Old Testament, what you and I have this morning is that we have a shadow of some good things that were to come and have already come this morning. Now Jesus Christ came in the flesh, and we'll look at that in a minute, but what we can find in the Old Testament is that everything in there was a shadow and a picture of Jesus. It's amazing this morning. We see that here in our text, but now look in verses 2 and 4. The Bible said this, For when they would, for would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Now, we see this is dealing with the old offerings of the Old Testament. And I want you to take this morning your Bible and hold your place in the book of Leviticus as well. Because we'll be in Leviticus a lot. And you can stay with me if you can. 
Alright, so it was those sacrifices, those offerings that could never make anybody perfect. They could not fully take away sin. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad this morning that we don't have to take an animal and bring an animal into the church and kill it every Sunday. Or kill it once a year. Ain't you? I'm thankful for that. Amen. So we read that. Alice book verses 5-6. through six. The Bible says this. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Now we see a body was prepared. All because of the fact that God did not have pleasure in those sacrifices that were offered for sin in the Old Testament. We see the wrath of God was not appeased by the blood of lambs and bulls and goats because year after year they had to bring in a sacrifice of animals and the priest now would have to take them beyond the veil and put the blood on the mercy seat. Now get with me. I know this is a lot. I'm trying to go slow. So we see that. Look at something else. In verses 7 through 9, the Bible said this. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Now, it's here we're going to begin to see that it's Christ who is better than the animal sacrifices that were ever offered. It's here that you and I begin to see that it was the priesthood already been talked about. The priesthood of Jesus Christ that had beaten all other priesthoods in the Word of God. Amen. Well, the Bible said in Psalm 110 and 4, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now we might get into that later. Look also, the Bible said in verses 9 through 11, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He take away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. So the Old Testament priest, now I'm slowing down. I want you to get this. The Old Testament priest, his work was never done. Year by year, he had to come in and go out. He had to kill the sacrifice and lay it at the altar. And it was a brazen altar. Now, I want you to get this in your mind. That was that tabernacle there. So it had a place you'd walk in through the court. And then through the court, it had another place where you could go. There'd be the candlestick and there'd be all the, the table of showbread and there'd be all that. Now, the only place that the priest could go was behind the veil in the Old Testament. That's where the Holy of Holies was. God was there. He had set His presence there. And each and every year, He had to take the sacrifice that they would kill, and He had to take it behind the veil, lay the blood at the mercy seat, so the people's sins could be not forgiven, but covered for that year. Alright. Y'all with me? It's, it's, it's going to be a lot, I know. Alright, so now look at this. The Bible says in verses 12 through 13. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice, one, for sins forever, Amen. sat down 
on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. That word footstool means a stool for the feet. <laughs> Boy, I like this. A stool for feet. Mm. Well, look at that minute. A, full, a stool for the feet that which supports the feet of one when sitting. Now, hold on to this. Mr. Webster said this about the footstool. He says, to make enemies a footstool is to reduce them to entire subjection. Yeah. So it's here in our text, you and I see how great Jesus Christ is. Yet we talk so little about it. We make so little about it. But friend, He's greater than anything this morning. And it's with these things on my mind, God's given me three thoughts I want to give to you. Number one, I see Jesus is that sacrifice. Number two, I see Jesus Christ is that priest. And number three, I see that Jesus is that King. Amen. Amen. Well, let's look number one this morning at how Jesus is that sacrifice. Now stay with me now. I'm going to say a lot. The Bible plainly said in our text this morning that it was the things in the Old Testament that were a shadow of the things to come. Now, it's a shadow that is a figure. Am I right? There are times in which you and I, if you and I were to take a walk this morning, right here in front of me is my shadow. Can you see it? It moves when I move. It's a figure of me. Amen? And so this shadow in the Old Testament is all a figure of Jesus Christ this morning. And the thing we can see lots of times is that shadow. But if you'll study this out, the thing you'll see is that it was a picture of all things that were going to come to pass. And a lot of it's come to pass. And the rest of it will come to pass. Alright, so some of these things are near future. We're living in the last days. I'm going as slow as I can. I want to be honest with you. Brother JR's done said it. I think Shane hit on it too. If you can't look at the times and say we are living in the last days, something's wrong. Jesus is coming soon. I'm not trying to startle you, but I want you to know the truth. He's coming, man. He's coming. He's coming back. And it won't be very long. Now, it's right in our Bibles. We see the Bible say, um, in Hebrews 10 and 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offer, year by year continually, make the comers there unto perfect. Now, as I said earlier in our text, we know that in the Old Testament, under the law there, a priest had to come in, and we know that he had offered up sacrifices year by year for the people's sin. And if you go back and look at all this this morning, which would be in the book of Leviticus, which is the book of the law, or Right, you would see that God commanded Moses to pin all this down for you and for me, uh, and then we'd see the people of the land would bring that sacrifice to that priest so he could offer that sacrifice for their sin. So it is with every year that went by, they would have to shed an animal's blood, amen, uh, but they would not ever make the comers there into perfect. Now, this animal can never ever take away the of the people. Man was in a condemned state. Man today is in a condemned state. If you don't know Christ, you are a sinner on your way to hell. You're in a condemned state. An animal can't do it. Bobby 
condemned state. All right, so if you were to look in the book of Leviticus, you'd see uh, these five main offerings. Five. And you'd see they print a picture of what Christ has done for you and me. Let's just cut the brakes off and worship God a little while. Amen, look at this. Now, it's in the book of Leviticus chapter 1. Some of you turned your Bible there. You now see the first offering. We would see that it's called the burnt offering. And the Bible said in Leviticus 1, 1 through 3, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him, Out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. The Bible said, And his offering, uh, I'm sorry, If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, he shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Now, it was this offering in our text that had to be a perfect male of the first year. So we see it had to be the very best of that herd. Now, I'm trying to go slow. I want you to get a hold of this. I think we'll shout for the end service. We ought to. It so happens you and I know a God who became flesh for you and for me. He was the best of the herd. Amen. He was born of a virgin, but He was birthed into this world like you and like me. He came out of His mother's womb. But this man was like no other man, no other boy, and no other girl. Because what the Bible said about all the human race in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hear me well this morning. If you've never been saved this morning, that word sin means to miss the mark. All of us that are alive this morning, have missed the mark of God upon our life. Can anybody live as holy as God is? No. We cannot do it. So we can see this morning that if we went through all the Ten Commandments, the thing you're going to find is we'd see that we're guilty of breaking them all. I know we have all told one little white lie before, right? I've gave this before as an illustration. When I go fishing, my fish gets bigger every time I tell a story. I'm a liar by nature. Amen. We all are. We're creatures, are we not? God made us. We're made in the image of God. But we ain't perfect. Amen. I'm, and then get a hold of this in James 2 and 10. The Bible says, For whosoever uh, shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Does the Bible not say thou shalt not lie? Because the Bible not say that thou shalt not cut it. But yet we go down the road and see fast boats and trucks and cars and we say, boy, yeah, I'd like to have that car. What a nice car. We've done broke one of the two commandments. Just as simple. And the Bible said if you've broken one, then you've broken them all. The Bible said in James 2 and 11, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. He said you've broken all the commandments. He said you're guilty before God. And there's nothing you can do. Not a thing we can do. Say, preacher, I've lied and you broke the Ten Commandments. You're a sinner. That's simple, ain't it? Now, if you've broken one of the commandments, you're guilty of breaking them all. So we see that we're all sinners. Might as well jump in the boat this morning because we all are sinners. 
Amen. And uh, you can be a preacher, you can be a deacon, you can be the best person in the neighborhood, but I've got news for you. You are still a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. By grace I am what I am. Amen. So you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all. And the only difference is some of us are saved and some of us are not. Amen. So what you need this morning is you need to get saved and born again so that God can clean you up on the inside, wash all that mess out. Amen. Make you sanctified so one day you can be glorified. Amen. This ain't going too good. Well, we see all the sinners, we see that all missed the mark. We see we cannot live up the holiness of God. There's no way. Now that's said about all of us. But oh, but oh, oh, not this man. Oh, not this man. Not this man named Jesus Christ. He was the best of the herd. Amen. He is the perfect one. Take it. From the herd of men. He left his home in heaven this morning. The place where you and I as saved people are desiring to go. Hey, I want to see my loved ones. Hey, I want to see the jasper. I want to see the pearl. But I want to see the king. I'm telling you what a day it's going to be when we get to get home. But right here is a man who left that perfect place and come down for you. And he said, I'll go for you. Oh. And he was standing there in front of Pilate. They were getting ready to have him crucified and killed. Here he comes, and he goes before trial. This man had never done any wrong in his life. And he's going, and he's going. And the Jews cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate says, I find no fault in this man. And the Jews cry out, release the rest and crucify Christ. Release a murderer and I want to have Jesus killed. And so he's walking there and walking there. And Pilate, again, I find no fault in this man. But he said, then the, the crowd cries out. And they say, well, if you don't crucify him, you're going to lose your best friend. And he said, all right, we'll kill Jesus. Here was a man perfect from the herd. Never done any wrong in his life. Never made any mistake. Never done anything wrong. And he was cast before trial. And they cried out, crucify him. Crucify him. And then, they, he gave his back to the sliders. And they whooped him on the whipping post. And they tied him with his hands on his head. And they beat him with the canine tails. And they, they, and they, and they canine tails. I now I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. It had glass and bones embedded in it. And every time they beat him, it would rip his flesh off his skin. Ripped it so bad that you and I would not have known who was on that cross. Jesus Christ didn't swoon on the cross. Jesus Christ didn't sleep on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross. His body died. It was after this sacrifice, the Old Testament was dead. His blood would be sprinkled around the brazen altar. And when you see something that's made of brass this morning, that brass speaks of judgment. What once spoke of judgment now has become by the Lord. Hey, I'm telling you, there was a time we were under the judgment of God. That first sacrifice in the Old Testament. 
Amen. Meant that it, 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 it burned up and everything in that Old Testament sacrifice was burned on the altar. That speaks of Christ giving all that He had to give. He gave His whole life, not just some of it, not just half of it, but He gave it all so you can be saved and born again. Oh, nobody would ever do that for you. Nobody loves you like this man Jesus loves us. How do you think mom and daddy love you? And you think that the, your best friend in the world loves you? I'm telling you, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and nobody loves you like you. He gave us all. See, they burned that sacrifice and the ashes would be gone. And it would be cut into pieces and there was nothing left. Oh, friend, He gave us all. There wasn't a place on Him left unopened as His body was beaten, battered, torn, and marred for you. They beat Him so bad His insides are now hanging out. He bled and He bled until He had no more blood left to bleed. That's why the blood and the water came out of His side. A medical doctor has said, when you have bled out, all that's left is water. Come back. He gave us all. Oh my. Child of God, don't you think we could give a little more for Him? He gave His all for us, for you. There's a song that says, His life for mine. His life for mine. How could it ever be? God's Son would die to save a wretch like me. That's what Jesus done for us. Jesus gave it all. All to Him we owe. Sin hath washed us white as snow. Oh, friend, it's that offering shows you and me. Jesus gave His all. Now He wants our all. Let's make up our minds we're going to give Him our all. We see the burnt offering. Then we see the meat offering. The Bible said in Leviticus 2, 1 and 2, And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. He shall pour oil upon him and put frankincense thereon. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, and he shall take thereout his handful of the flour thereof, and of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof, and the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire, a sweet Savior unto the Lord. This meat offering. I want you to get a hold of this. It's not talking about meat like a steak, like we'd eat. It's talking about meal. This is the meal offering. And so we see it's an offering that could be fine flour. I mean fine flour. You know how you ladies make biscuits and you want that flour out there real be real smooth. Amen? You want it smooth. You want the bubbles out of it. Am I right? You want it smooth. All right, so listen to this. Uh, this speaks to us how that Christ was perfect in His character. He's the perfect man, the man, Christ Jesus. There was no fault. There was no blemish. So that's what the flower represents. Then you have the oil. The oil speaks of the Spirit of God. Christ, this sacrifice, this sacrifice had to be mingled with oil. Christ, the Holy Ghost, and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost were working together. I know I'm giving you a lot. Stay with me. So we see this morning the Bible said. In Matthew 1, 18 and 20, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. 
So Jesus Christ is mingled with the Spirit. Amen. Uh, he was conceived of the Spirit of God. Born of the Spirit. We see the shadow of that in our Bibles. Look at Leviticus 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says, And if thou bring an oblation of a meat offering, bacon in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil. So Christ was born of the Spirit. Uh, the Bible said in Leviticus 2 and 6, Thou shalt part and in pieces pour oil thereon. Is it a meat offering? Now I want you to get a hold of something. So, not only was the sacrifice mingled with oil, all had to be poured on the sacrifice. Now get a hold of this. Mark 14 and 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment. Oh, spiting her very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. Preacher, what is that showing? It's showing that Christ fulfilled the meal offering. Christ fulfilled the burnt offering. Christ is the only God. It showed that He fulfilled it all. So He showed that He was the anointed one in whom God had spoken about. He's the burnt offering, the meat offering. And we see that this meat offering had to be offered with salt. The Bible says in Leviticus 2 and 13, And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. And this offering, salt, speaks of holiness. It shows you and me that Christ is the holiest thing. <coughs> He's the best thing that ever happened to mankind. May I say to you, Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Well, it was in this offering there could be no honey. There's so much in this. I'm trying to give it to you. It's honey that is the sweetest thing that nature could offer. But oh, in this offering, there could be no honey. See, nature offers honey. But I'm telling you, friend, Jesus Christ is sweeter than anything found in nature. I'm telling you, ain't He good? Hey! Boy, all this speaks of Christ. Every single bit of it. He's sweeter than honey could be. Heaven gave its best for a bunch of no good sinners like you and like me this morning. Heaven gave all they had to give for you. Man, I ain't never felt so special in my life. Now you think about this. Now Christmas time comes and somebody gets you what you've been wanting for a long time. It's still in the Because what they got you is going to break. You might lose it. But not Jesus. Oh, not Jesus. Oh, He's the sweetest thing heaven had to offer. After all that, we have offering number three. The peace offering. Amen. We didn't see that in Leviticus 3 and 1. The Bible says, And if His oblation be a sacrifice, a peace offering. If he offer it to the herd, whether it be a male or female, he shall offer that blemish before the Lord. This offering was to be eaten. Oh my it was to be a joyous feast. A time of rejoicing. Hey, there's nothing like an offering, like offering somebody a peace treaty over a meal, is there? There's something about that. Well, this was to be a joyous meal. This offering would show this morning that there was now peace between the offer and between God. Amen. It shows the barrier of sin had been removed. They could eat in peace with the one that was doing the offering. Amen. The one that was against the other are now made together in peace. Hey, do you know how it feels this morning to have peace with the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know how it feels to have it live in your heart? Do you understand? 
I tell you what, I'd get saved. Sin did come between us and God. Thank God for the peace offering. Lord Jesus Christ, in a world that has no peace, glad I got peace. Hey, I'm telling you, I look at all the politics of the world and it makes me mad. I've still got peace. There's peace in my heart. And I, I can't even give you what it, what it feels like. I can't explain it. All I can say is taste and see. The Lord is good. Well, us sinful people are saved. Have a right standing before God. Now, we can come in and sup with Jesus and He'll sup with us. The Bible said in Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door of knock. If any man come and hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him and we'll sup with him and he with me. Sup with him. Amen. I'm glad we get us a sup of Christ. Feast on him in the word of God. You say, preacher, I don't have much peace. Get saved first. And then along your Christian life, you're going to come back and you say, preacher, I just, I just ain't got a lot of peace. And then you get the word. And God give you peace in Hey, what a blessing. Oh my goodness. Offering number four. Be the sin offering. In Leviticus 4 and 3, the Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, let him bring for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bullet without blemish, unto the Lord for sin offering. The sin offering had to be offered outside the camp. This all speaks of Christ. See, the Bible said Hebrews 13, 11 through 12, For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. In the Old Testament, that sin offering was the same for all. There was a sin offering could be made for anybody. It didn't matter whether you were rich or whether you were poor. It didn't matter whether you were educated or have college degree or not. It didn't matter whether uh, you drove a Ford or a Chevrolet. And what didn't happen to the back end. I'm just saying. It didn't matter what you drove or what your house looked like. No, this offering was for all. May I say to you this morning, there's an offering for all. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter whether you're blue or brown. It doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor. It doesn't matter what your house looks like. It don't matter what car you drive. It don't matter how far in sin you believe. It don't matter where you're at this morning. All that matters is there's one offering for every single person. And his name's Jesus. Amen. I'm glad he come to the gutter and got me. And it's for anybody. Whosoever will, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Offer number five. A trespass offering. Leviticus 5 and 6, the Bible says, And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin which he has sinned. A female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. Amen. It's this offering that shows us all have trespassed against God. I said we were all sinners. All have trespassed against the Lord. You know, we've got this bunch that puts on this high and holy attitude. Let me tell you something. We've all trespassed against God. Every single one of us. But here's, here's the thing about it all. All of us have went too far in sin. Sin had a cost. 
Like trespassing would have a cause, but this trespass leads to death in our text. Now listen to this. But this offering shows the debt was paid. Amen. And the debt you and I owed has been paid in Christ. We owed our lives to death. Amen. The Bible said in Romans 5 and 21 that as sin hath reigned unto death, so even might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You know who paid the trespass? Jesus paid it all. And I'm telling you this morning, you don't have to die and go to hell. All you got to do is come and accept the offering, buddy. He offered Himself for you. Five offerings in the book of Leviticus. Five main offerings. Five is the number of grace. God had grace. To see you here in a church house this morning and let you hear the gospel. Why? So you be saved. Amen. I could go down the road this morning of some of the testimonies. Every single one of us would say, God had grace. God had mercy. God had peace. Number five, the trespass offering has been paid. All you got to do is come and take the payment. Oh, wouldn't it be great if you bought a house? And they said this. They said, well, I tell you what. It's been paid. All you got to do is come and get the money. I've got it. Jesus Christ said, I've paid for your sin. All you got to do is come and get it. Amen. All you got to do is come. Hey, he said, I knock on the door. Can you man come and me? He said, just come. He said, I've got everything you need. Amen. That's grace, ain't it? Amen. Number two, he was the priest. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, 11 through 12, I want you to get a hold of this. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Now, at the start of the message, the book of Hebrews shows that Christ is better. I said that. And it so happens he's greater than the Old Testament priest. I want you to get a hold of this. This is a lot. He was greater than those Old Testament priests. They would offer sacrifices who could never take away sin. Jesus Christ offered one sacrifice that took away the sin of the world. Amen. Amen. They could stand daily ministering in the temple, but because their work were never done, they couldn't sit down. But I'm glad this morning Jesus Christ is sitting down on the right hand of God because the debt has been paid. It is finished. You and I that are saved are sanctified once and for all. And it's by that sacrifice of Jesus our sins have not been covered. But they are gone. I've heard preachers say uh, that their, their sins are covered. Friend, they're gone. They ain't covered. They're by Amen. They're gone. Amen. He gone. How many of you have heard that? Amen. Listen, the Bible said this, Psalm 103 and verse number 12. As far as the east is from the west... So far he removed our transgressions from us. The Bible said in Micah 7 and 19, He will turn again, He will have compassion upon us, and will subdue our iniquities, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I'll tell you something. Man thinks they're small. They run little lights and robots down, way far down in the sea. Have not, and still yet, they cannot see. What is in the deep, darkest depths of that sea? You want to know what's there? I see it. It's where no man can see it. Hey, it's where nobody can bring it up. Hey, it's gone this morning. 
So it's those Old Testament priests that wasn't perfect. They had to make sacrifices for their sin. Our priest was perfect. They got to go behind the veil. Jesus broke the veil. Amen. Amen. Now listen to this. Though. They had to wear a garment. These priests. Here's where I'm going with this. These priests had to wear a garment before they could go in the presence of God. They had to be cleaned up before they could go in there. But listen, Jesus Christ put on a garment. Amen. His resurrection body. Now seated on the right hand of God in that resurrection body of glory that we're going to see one day. But it's in what that priest had to wear. That shows us what our priest is doing. That shadows are great. It's a shadow. A figure. All this works together. And I wish I could give you all the garments, so I'm going to give you one. Look at the ephod. Turn your Bible to Exodus chapter number 39. Exodus 39. I told you I wasn't going to be in a hurry. I'm still trying to, but there's a lot in this. Exodus 39, verses 2 through 8. I want you to get a hold of this. This blessed my heart and I read it. I hope it blesses yours. Exodus 39, verses 2 through 8. The Bible said this. And he made the ephod of gold, blue and purple, and scarlet and fine twine linen. And they did beat the gold into thin plates and cut it into wires to work it in the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet and the fine linen with cunning work. Now I want you to get a hold of this. They made shoulder pieces. Look at me now. Shoulder pieces goes over your shoulder. Amen. We're clear on that. Okay, they go over your shoulder. Alright, they made shoulder pieces for it to couple together. By the two edges was it coupled together. And the curious girdle of his ephod, the ephod went across the chest. The ephod went here. The straps of the shoulder made that ephod. Okay? That was the point. It was of the same according to the work thereof, of gold, blue, and purple and scarlet fine twine linen, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, get a hold of this. They were onyx stones enclosed in ounces of gold, graven as signets are given with the names of the children of Israel. Now, on this breastplate, on this ephod, and on this three shoulders, there were stones. And here on this ephod, it was on his chest, it would have four rows of three stones, or three rows of four stones. Either way, it was twelve. And it went across the chest. Now, why? Bible said, in verse 6, and they were onyx stones enclosed with ounces of gold, graven as signets or graven with the names of the children of Israel. Now, get a hold of these. And he put them on the shoulders of the ephod that they should be stones for a memorial to the children of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. And he made the breastplate of cunning work like the work of the ephod of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. Now, the thing we see in this ephod is the colors of it. There's so many colors. I'm not going to give it all to you. But what this priest would wear as he come into the presence of God was this. And every bit of this speaks of Christ. And it shows you and I have His perfect priesthood in heaven right now. Now, you and I know it's Christ who's a different kind of priest. He's the priest. Amen. Then those priests the Old Testament, we know this morning, uh, we know that He's different because we said earlier, He never not one time offered sacrifice for Himself. I'm glad he offered up himself for us. Now, in that ephod, we see it had the collar of blue. The collar of blue is a heavenly collar. That's why I pulled for the tar heels. I'm just kidding. It's a heavenly collar. Amen. It's, it's, it's sky blue, heavenly collar. And we know that Christ is the only priest that ever came from heaven. 
Amen. He was the priest that came in the order of Melchizedek. In Psalm 110 verse number 4, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the priest. We don't know where he come from. We don't know who his parents were. But I'm telling you this morning, we know that it's Christ who was a priest after that order. Now, it's Christ who left His home in heaven to come and do a work for you and for me. I can't fathom this in my mind of how God in the flesh will leave heaven, but He left His home that you and I are wanting to go to to suffer for us. So just like the priests were separated to a work in their day, so it's Christ in our day. Now, remember, it's a work that we did not deserve. We never deserved it. He was the most selfless priest ever known to man. He knew what we needed and offered. It's Him who's willing to give what we need. So we know He came from heaven. We know He wore the purple. That speaks of kingship. We'll look at that later. But it was this ephod that lets us know what Christ is doing now. Now I want you to get a hold of this. As we read our text, we know this ephod had a plate on the front of it. I said that. And we know this morning that the priest will wear the plate on his chest. Now this is important. Now, when he wore that on his chest, he'd go beyond the veil where God was at. Now, I've got your attention. Look at this. Up on that breastplate was those stones that represented the names of God's people. Now, our priest is in heaven bearing our names up to God beyond the veil. Every single time a person prays for you, heaven hears your name. Hey, He knows your name. He knows where you're at. Every time you go through a trial, He's bearing your name beyond the veil. Oh my goodness. And then you know what? Those stones are shining. Those names He's bearing are shining this morning. Yeah. Not because of what we do. But all because of what Christ does to us. Oh man. Oh man. I'm telling you, there's no in this I preached for months. I'm trying to hurry this morning, but King. He bears our name. And then we're jewels in the sight of an almighty God. Well, on the inside I'm clean. Because he's done it. He bears us up. And not only this, I got this all wrote down, I ain't gonna use it. I just wanna tell you. Not only this, that ephod come across his shoulders. Where you come in? We're the biggest bunch of losers he's ever been. He's carrying us. 
Well, can I show you one more thing this morning? I'm going to anyhow. Notice he's the king. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, 12 through 13, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies had made his footstool. Christ fulfilled the sacrifice that could appease the wrath of God in our lives. Jesus, who's that priest that could sit down because the work's been done. We don't need another sacrifice because He's the perfect one. Now, it was after the fact He paid it all, He ascends to heaven, sitting on the right hand of God. The Bible said in Revelation 19, 11-13, and I saw heaven open. Please listen to me. Please listen. Here's the whole gist of this message. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes was a flame of fire, and on his hand were many crowns. On his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name's called the Word of God. Jesus Christ is coming back to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's great for the child of God. We are living in the last days. It's a creature I've heard it for years. We're one year closer than we were last. Now hear me well. Here's what people don't like. He's coming back in a vesture dipped in blood. The church is going to be raptured out. There's going to be tribulation and trial like you never known before. I don't want you to get left behind. Because Christ come back with grace the first time. When He comes back the second time, He's coming in blood. And He's going to kill all the enemies of God. And He's going to make them split. Now, here we will. This ain't going to be popular. During that time, you've heard a chant. You had a chance to get saved. Wouldn't it be awful to have to go through the great tribulation period? And you have to... It gets so bad that you <laughs> want to die and can't even die. Amen. And then when you do die, all that's left is a lake of fire where you'll burn for the rest of your life. Amen. He's coming back. I'm thankful He's coming. Oh, oh, don't get left behind. Don't get left behind. He's going to kill His enemies. Sad day. But here's the thing. If you're saved, you ain't going to see it. Not that part. But you know what? We're going to ride on a white horse. Roll and reign with Him for a thousand years. Hey. But judgment's coming. You say, preacher, I'm a good person. I'm glad y'all are. That ain't enough. Here was our sacrifice, our priest, and our king. He came to be your sacrifice. <coughs> so you don't have to go through this time when Christ is in that vesture dipped in blood. When He kills all His enemies and makes His footstool. He's going to rest on them. 
How sad would it be to know this morning that you have said under the Gospel hundreds of times in your life and have to know that now you're just a footstool. Mm. And then we'll be like the rich man there in the book of Matthew. You'll see your loved ones in heaven. Way too late. I'm all preaching like this. Somebody needs to hear this. It'll be too late. He tells he tells uh, Lazarus there. He said, "Please go tell my loved ones. I don't want them to come to this place. Shoo. In hell, it's hot. It's burning for eternity. Here's the good news: you don't have to go." You've got a sacrifice who gave His life for you. You've got a priest interceding in heaven. You know what He does up there? No one's going to pray for us, I believe. He prays for the lost. Yes. And then He sends His Holy Spirit of God and swoops and knocks on your door. Will you let me in? Are you going to get saved today? Will you let me in? And then you can crown him as your king. Reign and rule with him for a thousand years. That's our God, ain't it? That's him. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.